This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I know it feels like when we talk about artificial intelligence and robots, it's all very, you know, futuristic. But imagining thing, these things and using even terms like robot really go way back in history, actually, like ancient mythological origins. This was all new to me, so I thought, let's learn more about it. Avery Hurd is with us now, a freelance science and medical journalist who's written about this. Uh, Avery, thanks so much for being here. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, I was surprised to learn about this, but like, when were the first mentions of things like robots in history? Well, actually, the term robot was created fairly recently back in the, oh, gosh, maybe 40s in a, a short story by Czech playwright. I'm not sure of that date. It may have been earlier than that. But it was a, a, a short story called Rossum's Universal Robots in English. Um, so that was the first time we had the word robot. But we've had what were robots uh, in stories all the way back to mythology, uh, Greek mythology, way back. So it's not a new idea. Interestingly, humans have kind of had this urge, it seems like, to create other humans forever. I don't know what that is, but we're kind of driven to, to, make, to make creatures like ourselves. So what was the reference then in ancient mythology that we know might have been referencing something like a robot? Well, there, um, Hephaestus, he was the Greek god of craftsmen, and he was a metal worker, and he made a lot of uh, robot-like kind of characters out of metal. He, uh, A couple of the most famous, he made uh, Talos, was a giant mechanical man whose job was to patrol the shores of Crete and, and protect the island from invasion. So he was definitely what we would call a robot today. Um, perhaps the most famous creation of Hephaestus, though, is Pandora, she wasn't metal, I don't think. She was made from clay, I'm pretty sure. This was another uh, uh, thing that Hephaestus did a lot of. But, you know, you remember the, uh, the Pandora story. There are a lot of versions uh, of this story, but there, as there always are with these myths. But basically, Zeus was seriously irked that Prometheus had given humans fire. So he asked Hephaestus to create uh, a beautiful woman, and then Zeus gave her a jar, uh, sometimes it's a box, filled with all the woes that beset humans, like you know, disease, hunger, plagues, um, I don't know, acne, traffic jams, <laughs> presumably COVID-19 was in there somewhere. And Zeus told, uh, he instructed, we might even call it program Pandora, to open the box and let all this horror loose on humans to punish them for accepting fire from Prometheus. So, and, and Prometheus, meanwhile, has been chained to a rock where an eagle's going to eat his liver out every day and then it grows back and then eats it out again. So I guess you could say humans kind of got the better of this deal. Such pleasant stories, right? These ancient, these ancient stories. <laughs> right, right. But, so, but the, the idea is that even this far back, people were thinking about the, the you know, the, these were the gods making these, these robots or these mechanical people, but it was humans making up the stories. So it, it, even this far back, people were concerned about the dangers of uh, gifts from the gods or tech getting out of hand, uh, whether these are 
God gods or tech gods, it's sort of the same idea that we, we need to be nervous about this. That this is something people are kind of compelled to do, but also know there's some risk. What's so what's so interesting about that though is that from all those stories that you describe, it sounds like we've always been warned about some of the dangers of these things, and yet we always seem to go ahead and do them anyway. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's really odd. It's like we're compelled to do it. And another story that's kind of I think very instructive. It's not from mythology. It's from folklore, but it's the um, I'm sure you've heard of the uh, the Jewish golem. The, that's also right. a clay man. And, and one of the things that's cool about the golem is the, the thing that brings this clay man to life is words on paper. You would, you would write down uh, uh, words. Sometimes it might be the name of God or some sort of sacred message and put it in the golem's mouth. And that's what brought the golem to life. And then and here's the interesting thing. The golem was meant to protect Jewish people and it did a really good job of that. But, it tended to take things very literally because of language and sometimes got out of hand and killed innocent people. So to me, that's such a, a connection. Um, the idea, Well, first with the idea that language is what makes us human, which a lot of people tend to think that language is what separates us from other animals. But really in, intriguingly, it's um, these, these large language models now that we so many people think are sentient or about to become sentient, these AIs, um, it's like we have this idea that language can bring something to life. And then once it's brought to life, once you have created life, it's out of your control. Right. But we always tend to think that we will be able to control it, right? We have all these warnings, all these stories of, of things that could potentially go wrong. But when the time comes, we think, no, 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 we'll do it better. We can handle it, right? And yet we've been we've been warning ourselves about this for thousands of years. Thousands of years. That's the thing that probably amazes people about this, right? We think we're thinking about the future, but really we are kind of reliving stories from the past, aren't we? Right, right. You know, it's funny. It's almost like, you know, to use that term programming again, it's almost like it's programmed into us to keep doing this. We can't stop ourselves. And not necessarily that we should. I'm not, I'm not trying to put up a scare about AI here. I just think it's really interesting that we've been doing this and warning ourselves about this for so long. It really is. Are there lessons, do you think, that we can take from those stories? You know, I, I don't know that it's a, a lesson. I'm not sure. I think there's definitely something to be, there's a foreshadowing to what's going on today. I, I think probably the lesson is that we need to think very carefully about how we speak to these these creations we make, how we, in, in a sense, program them, because once we've done that, whether they're out of control in the sense that an AI becomes sentient, which I don't think is going to happen, certainly not anytime soon, but that once it's released to, into the public, into our society, it has some power. So I think we need, the lesson is that we need to be very aware of what we're creating, what we're telling it to do, um, and know that it has some kind of power to change things. And we that might be for the better, and it might not be. Yeah, I'm not sure that we think about all that before we actually do it. Um, Avery, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. It was fun talking with you. Yeah, you too. That's Avery Hurt, freelance science and medical journalist who's written about the issue of the really ancient mythological origins of our, our kind of flirtation with technology and the things that we are obsessed with. It goes all the way back to ancient Greek times, ancient stories too, which is fascinating.